I am. I am. God, he says, I am. I am that I am. And somebody right there, boy, you can just shout right there because he is the great I am. He is the great I am. He is holy. He is, he is marvelous. He is mighty. He is the great I am. My, my, my. Come on, let's, let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time as we go to his word. Father, thank you for today. And I pray now that as your word goes forth, that you would use me as your vessel to allow your people to see you, the hope and light of the world. May you be glorified. May your people be edified. And may the devil be horrified. May somebody's life be irreversibly changed so that after this word, they will never be the same. It's in Jesus' name we pray for your glory. Amen. Well, it's that time of the year. The old song said it's the most wonderful time of the year. But the truth of the matter is it's a challenging time of the year. It's a challenging time of the year because there are so many distractions out there around us. And there's so much going on that causes us to take our eyes off of God and to put our eyes on other things and other people. But the truth of the matter is, when we talk about Christmas, when we talk about the celebration of the birth of our Lord and the one who would be our Christ, this is a moment of worship. Last week, I shared with you the first part of this message. Today, I'd like to conclude the message, Worship in the Unexpected. They're in a manger. They are there because there's no room in the inn. And it is there in that manger that Mary gives birth to the soon-to-be-pronounced King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've had opportunity to be in Israel and specifically in Bethlehem and to touch that silver star, the place where tradition says Jesus was born and to sit there where the manger would have laid, where he would have been wrapped in swaddling cloth. The manger is not an attractive place. It's not a five-star hotel uh, it, was, it was a place that, that no self-respecting person would have given birth to a child. That's not where the rich and famous would have gone. But, but I believe God provides worship in the unexpected to let you and I know that even the unexpected have an opportunity to meet and know Jesus. Last week, I shared with you one point. And one point only, and that's this. Worship in the unexpected can include any and everybody. Worship in the unexpected can include any and everybody. These people who are in our text today, the, the poor smelly shepherds, uh, the socially uh, erudite wise men, they came to worship the Lord. And the first thing I shared with you on last week is that, A, you need to come to Jesus. 
If worship in the unexpected can include any and everybody, any and everybody must make their way to Jesus. These shepherds, these wise men, they came to Jesus. They did not expect or require God to come to them. They did not expect or require Mary and Joseph to bring the baby to them. No, they came because they understood that to worship the Lord was an acknowledgement that he was and they weren't. And my brothers and sisters, even in our prayers with God, make sure you don't ever make the mistake of requiring God to meet you somewhere and bless you where you are when the Lord has already laid out where he is and his requirement for you to move from where you are to where he is if you want his blessings upon your life. How many times do people pray and ask God to bless them where they are instead of praying and asking God, God, where are you blessing, and then moving to where God is blessing, whether that is a physical move or mental move or an emotional move or a spiritual move, a shift that you need to make to get where God is so you can receive what God has for you. I said, B, you need to present yourself to Jesus. They fell down before the Lord and worshiped him. They submitted themselves to the Lord. They fell prostrate before the Lord. And the Lord made room for them. But the Lord didn't stop there, right? He made room for the old. He made room for women. He made room for children. He made room for everybody because that's what worship in the unexpected does. It opens up the door for everybody to have equal access to the Lord. And remember what I told you. If the manger is not an attractive place for you to worship, if it's beyond your ability to fathom that you would go there to worship, if the manger is too low, then the problem is you're too high. Because here's what I've learned. The manger is common denominator. Everybody can go to the manger. Today I want to conclude this series of messages with part two of worship in the unexpected. Here's the first thing. Number one, worship in the unexpected can take place any and everywhere. Worship in the unexpected can take place any and everywhere. In a manger. In a barn. Not a place we would see as an ideal place of worship. Now, I don't know how many of you have had an occasion to be in a barn. Um, I grew up part of my life, middle school and high school in South Jersey, very rural area, agrarian area of our country. And, and we had about 10 acres and, and I did some farming. Um, I would consider it farming. I mean, I, I, I pitched hay, I, I fed chickens, collected eggs, uh, slopped hogs. Uh, we had horses, we had cows, we had guineas. We had geese, we had dogs, hunting dogs, watch dogs. And i tell you what was interesting to me. Um, whether I was in the chicken coop or in the barn where the horses were or where the cows went, uh, it was never a clean place. 
Matter of fact, typically the only time we would clean it out is when we needed to use some of their fecal matter as fertilizer for that huge garden that we had. It was not a clean place. But the Bible says, even in an unclean place, worship can take place. Have you ever been watching television and, and, and had something strange happen? Uh, in, in an unexpected place, from maybe an unexpected person, you'd hear a praise go forth for God. I, I, I've watched sometimes and, and watched some shows, some, some documentaries, some reality shows, and, and, and these reality shows were, were showing people who you would not consider the up and in. You would consider them the down and out, and, and you, would, you would question whether or not their behavior would be classified as godly, or you might just outright say, you know what, that behavior was not godly. But it's amazing that even in that environment, God has a witness. And I've seen people in those, in those strange, unexpected places. I've seen somebody say, you know what, let's pray. And you're thinking to yourself, pray? Are they serious? They, they're about to pray. And I mean say their prayers. I mean call on the name of Jesus. Because guess what? God welcomes worship in the unexpected from any and everywhere. You can worship God. My brothers and sisters, are you willing to worship God any and everywhere? I know some of us have become uncomfortable because uh, we're not back in the sanctuaries like we used to be. But can I tell you something? When you read John chapter 4, Jesus is very clear that God is too big to be limited to a specific place. God is too big to be limited to a specific time. God is too big to be limited to a specific time zone or building. He is spirit, and God is to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And Jesus says it used to be on this mountain, on that mountain, but now God can be worshipped in the unexpected. Let me share with you the second and final thing, number two. Worship in the unexpected includes everything you have. It's not just any and everybody. It's not just in any and everywhere. But worship in the unexpected includes everything you have. When you come to worship the Lord, and listen, let me tell you, in the midst of this Christmas season, in the midst of this holy day season, Please don't give more to somebody else than you give to the Lord. You say, what am I supposed to give? Uh, A, you need to give the Lord all of who you are. You need to give God your person. You need to recommit, rededicate yourself to the Lord. The wise men, verse 1, Matthew chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star 
when it rose and have come to worship him. Herod gets wind of this coming king of the Jews and tells the wise men, hey, when y'all find him, let me know so I can go worship him. But the Holy Ghost reveals to the wise men that Herod didn't want to go worship. Herod wanted to go to kill the coming king of the Jews because he saw this coming king as a threat to him and his throne. And when the wise men sense what God is saying, they go their way and they rejoice, verse 10, exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Love the Lord, the Bible says, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. Give God your person. And can I tell you something? It's real easy to slip off the wagon when we talk about a total commitment to God. It is so easy to stop loving God with all that you have and start skimming a little off the top for yourself or cutting a little bit off the side for somebody else. See, when the Lord says, love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, that word for all literally means everything you have. You are to love God with everything. And when we come and we participate in worship in the unexpected, we are to love him with everything. Not with part, but with all. But watch what the Lord says. Not only are you to love the Lord with all you have or all you are, your person, but he says you need to love the Lord, be, and give the Lord the best of what you have, your possessions. Love him with all of who you are, your person, but love him with all that you have, your possessions. Verse 11 the B part of Matthew chapter 2, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Verse 12 says, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They presented to the Lord the best they had. They came with frankincense, with gold, and with myrrh to worship the child, Jesus. They gave him the best they had. Listen to me carefully. You are never to worship the Lord empty-handed. Worship requires giving God the best that you have in terms of your person and the best that you have in terms of your possessions. Now, I know what somebody's saying. I hear you. You're saying, well, what if I don't have it? Here's the problem. You do have it. You're just making a priority of satisfying yourself and not giving to the Lord. 
You see, if you truly don't have it, you don't have to ask that question because God will give you peace to present what you can give. But the truth of the matter is, the overwhelming majority of us don't come close to giving God our best, to giving God our all. We give some, but not our all. You remember that rich young ruler who went to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to follow you? And Jesus gives him several things, and he says, oh, I've done all of that. And then Jesus says, well, there's one more thing you need to do. Give all your possessions to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible says that rich young ruler left, <laughs> left with his head down, right? And the Bible says he left with his head down because he had so much wealth. Now, here's what I've come to realize. Uh, wealth and having money is relative right? So most of us don't think we have a lot of money. But the truth of the matter is, most of you who are watching now would be considered in the top 25% to 20% in the world when it comes to wealth. In other words, 80% of the world is poorer than you are. See, when you stand in front of your closet and you're trying to decide what you're going to wear or which shoes you're going to match with what you're going to wear, you in the top like 5% of the world because there's people in the world, the overwhelming majority of people who just have one pair of shoes. They don't have multiple shoes. When you open up the refrigerator to see what you have a taste for, that's a luxury that the overwhelming majority of people in the world don't have. There are too many in this world who are just glad to have something to eat. And in this day and time, when people are suffering from economic crisis and food insecurities, you have people and there may be somebody who's watching right now for the first time in your life. We're hearing about people who are giving up a meal to make sure their children are eating. Husbands and wives who are relegating themselves to one meal a day to make sure that their growing children have food to eat. God says, are you willing to give all you can give and present your possessions to the Lord to be used in kingdom work? Let me go one step further. How much have you budgeted for gifts this year? How much are you planning on spending? I know you didn't go out shopping and you probably didn't stand in Black Friday lines, but you were online buying, right? Amazon is making multiple trips to your house. Let me ask you a question. Are you giving more in gifts or are you giving more to the Lord? See, if you're going shopping for somebody else with God's money, if you're not giving your tithes and offerings to the kingdom work, but you can buy stuff that folk don't need and won't know where it is within 30 to 60 days, I, I'm submitting to you 
we're not seeing this Christmas season as really a time of worship. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, beginning at verse 14. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. They're talking to the Lord. They're saying, Lord, everything comes from you. And what we have given back to you really belongs to you. Verse 15, for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. Some of you have heard that offertory song, all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given unto thee. That's where this offertory hymn comes from from this verse everything we have has come from you and we're just giving you back a portion of what you have given to us imagine if you gave your child everything they have in your pocket and then you said to your child you've got to give back a portion to me and they say "Uh, uh-uh, i'm not giving it back to you you'd have to look at that child and say wait a minute have you lost your mind everything in your pocket i have provided you And all that you give to me, you are just giving back to me what I have given to you. Worship in the unexpected calls for us to give God our best. Anywhere and all we have, our person and our possessions. I want to help you this month really hone in on this Christmas season being a time of worship. See, here's what I know. Whether you have a job or not, you can worship. Whether you have something under the tree, you can worship. You might not even have a tree. You can worship. There may be some empty chairs around the table. You can worship. You may not be able to fellowship with family members or friends, but if you're a child of God and you say you love Jesus, you can worship. You may not be able to buy what you used to buy or get what you used to get, but you can worship. And can I tell you something? Worship is a remedy for the pity party that many people are finding themselves in. Worship is the remedy for the grief that many people are going through right now. Because it's in those moments that our eyes are off of the Lord and our eyes are on the things around us and the trouble within us. And God says, stop and look at me and recognize the nativity 
is really about worshiping me. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you today. And I pray in the midst of this Christmas season, in the midst of the hustle and bustle, that we would make sure worship is first on our Christmas list. That we would make sure worship is at the center of any Christmas celebration we have or participate in. Make sure, God, help us to make sure that worship is our priority this holiday season in the giving of both our person and our possessions. And may our worship be acceptable in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, thank you so much. As we lean into this year, let me invite you before you go to make sure you follow me on any social media platform, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, We're in the midst of a daily devotional called Let's Have Christmas. And every day leading up to Christmas Day, I am sharing a devotional to help you, encourage you to recalibrate your life around this act of worship that we call the coming of Jesus to help us recognize and realize that all of the trappings, all of the trimming, all of the tinsel really has nothing to do with us focusing on and making sure worship is at the center of our life. That worship is not an event, it's a lifestyle that is not relegated to a place, it's something that takes place as a commitment of our person. And so if you would follow me every day, man, I would love to be able to encourage you and bless you along the way. We spend time in the word, we spend time in prayer, we spend time in music, all to encourage you every day as we move towards the ultimate culmination of this celebration of the Advent season, and that's the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you'd like to accept Christ in your life, if you've never accepted Christ, please click on the link on our website or on our app. I want to accept Christ, but how? And I'll show you privately via video how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you've accepted Jesus Christ and you're trying to figure out what to do now, I want you to click on the link. I just accepted Christ. Now what? And I'll give you five steps on what you can do to ask the Jesus Christ, not just into your life, but ask the Lord Jesus Christ to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And if you're looking for a church home, we would love to have you part of the Good Hope family. We would love to bless you and encourage you on a digital platform to help facilitate your discipleship anywhere you are in the city, in the country, in the world. We have people watching from 130 different countries around the world. And we would love to help you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ on a digital platform. We've got some exciting things planned coming up the first of next year. And uh, as COVID-19 is continuing to spike and we're seeing a surge within a surge, Uh, We want to make sure that we do all that we can on the platform that God has provided us to make sure that you continue to grow in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank all of our volunteers and everyone 
who's been serving this year uh, have been doing a tremendous job. Uh, thank you for the families that we've been able to bless, the families we've been able to encourage. I want to thank you for your financial support. Those of you who would like to worship the Lord in giving and join us, uh, there are a multiplicity of ways on the digital platform that you can give, whether it's GiveLify or, or uh, PayPal, PushPay, uh, Apple Pay, you, you name it, Cash App, you can worship the Lord in giving. And I want to encourage you, if you feel so led, give a gift to the Lord. If you haven't thought about it, pray about it and ask God, God, what can I do to honor you? You know, it's sad that we are celebrating the birthday of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I, I, I don't want to argue with you or get into it, whether or not he was really born on December the 25th or not. Here, here's the question I have for you. Okay, what day are you celebrating his birth? Because we know he was born. So whatever day you're celebrating his birth, are you giving a gift to the Lord or in honor of the Lord to celebrate his birth? We all want something on our birthday when we give something to him on his birthday. All right? Listen, last but not least, make sure you register for a life group. We're taking a break now for the holiday. But if you're interested in being part of a life group that's living in fellowship every day and you want to connect with other believers to encourage you so that you can encourage them to all be the best that you can possibly be, we would love for you to do that and be a part of a life group. And if you want to start a life group wherever you are, we'll help you do that as well. Don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. If you don't see it, if you don't sense it, I want you to stop for a moment. Step back. Maybe you can't see the forest for the trees. But I promise you, if you let them, God will do something wonderful in you, to you, for you, and through you to make the world a better place. Until next time, God bless you. Don't forget, Daily Devotional, let's have Christmas. All right? God bless you. And God be with you.